God's grace, peace, and his mercy be upon you on this fourth Sunday of Advent. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. They called Hetty Green the Witch of Wall Street. She was the richest woman in America. She inherited her fortune from her grandfather, and she built on it as a successful businesswoman and financier. She died in 1916, leaving behind an estate valued in today's money at over $1 billion. But get this, despite her wealth, she was also America's most renowned cheapskate. She wouldn't even heat water in her kitchen to cook her oatmeal for breakfast. She would eat it cold. And she wore the same dress day after day until it wore out. And then she'd put on a new used one. Her frugality extended into her family, too. Her son, Ned, suffering from a terrible staph infection, had to endure a leg amputation on the kitchen table at home because Hetty couldn't find a clinic nearby that would do it for free. <laughs> Hetty Green was rich, but if you saw her and saw the things that she did, you'd say she was dirt poor. Now, you've heard it before, that when you're a Christian, you're rich, right? You're rich in Jesus Christ. But most of the time, we'd claim that we're dirt poor. Poor me, look at my job. Poor me, look at my house. Poor me, look at my car. Poor me, look at my health. Look at my life. Things just aren't the way that I thought they would turn out. Poor me this, poor me that. Why do I keep looking back? Well, Zechariah was singing this song in his day. And you heard the story a couple of weeks ago that finally in his old age, he was going to be a father. And he told the angel Gabriel, how is this possible? Poor me, I'm an old man and my wife is too old to have children. But his prayers were answered. A son was going to come. Zechariah would be rich. But he responds as though he's dirt poor. Poor me, I'm too old for this. All that changed when John finally came. That's why Zechariah, this old man and new father, sings about his spiritual wealth in a song of gratitude to the Lord. That was our gospel reading today. And I know it sounded like one long run-on sentence or a poem, but it was a song, well, we don't know the tune, we don't know how he sung it, but nevertheless, it's a, it's a poetic song. And it's in two parts. He gives thanks for what the Lord has done in the past and then for what God will do in the future. In the past, it's blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people. The future... And you, child, will be, this is John, his son John is referring to, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins. Forgiveness in the past, forgiveness in the future. Forgiveness makes us exceedingly rich. Now, some of you have been to New York City. 
It's a wonderful place, isn't it? Depending on your point of view or what kind of experiences you've had there. Many will tell you if you want to view the New York skyline, go to the Brooklyn Bridge. That's what someone told us when my family and I visited there years ago. If you want live entertainment, go to Broadway. If you want national inspiration, go to the Statue of Liberty. But if discouragement and depression is what you're looking for, go to West 44th Street and spend a few minutes watching the U.S. National Debt Clock. It's a 25-foot-wide electronic billboard which uses 306 light bulbs to project in real time the estimated U.S. debt and yours and mine's family share of it. Yeah, yay, right? <laughs> well, you and I have a debt clock. We all have a personal debt clock that tallies insults, hurtful words, evil acts and thoughts, and every kind of failing and iniquity in the face of our Creator and Lord. Thank, and it's, it's running up, right? But thank the Lord that we are rich in His forgiveness. His forgiveness not only lays at the heart of Zechariah's song, it frames the good news which is announced in Luke. John the Baptist announces later on when he grows up and goes to the Jordan River, he announces it's a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And later on, Jesus will announce to his disciples that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Now, something you're never going to see on that U.S. debt clock is the amount owed, paid off, and those numbers rolled back or reset to zero. I'm, I'm afraid we're, we're never going to see that. But for you and me, the debt counter is at zero because God has paid for our debt in full. The amount owed has been covered by Jesus. He's paid for every sin tallied up by the human race since the fall of creation. And that's a lot, isn't it? A little boy who was visiting the nation's capital walked up to a park ranger and asked him if he could buy the Washington Monument. The park ranger, thinking he'd humor the boy, answered, well, how much money do you have? And the boy pulled out a dollar bill and some change. And the park ranger said, well, let me tell you three things. One, the monument is not for sale. Two, even if it was, you couldn't afford it. And three, since you're an American, it already belongs to you. The same is true of Christ's forgiveness for us. Number one, forgiveness of sin is not for sale. Two, even if it were, we couldn't afford it because of the gravity of our offenses all tallied up. And three, it already belongs to us because we are citizens of heaven and the new earth, which is to come. See, we have nothing to offer to pay for our debt of sin. But we're not spiritually bankrupt either. Jesus' wealth is ours, free of charge. That's at the heart of Zechariah's song. To guide our feet in the way of peace, he sings. And that's not only referring to peace between men, but peace between God the Father and mankind. 
you and me. The way of God's peace is the way of forgiveness. C.S. Lewis writes, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until there's something to forgive. And, and that's why some seek revenge. Others run away and some let resent them, eat them up from the inside. And I say this from my own experience. You know, I've wanted revenge. I've fled from relationships and I've, I've felt resentment inside way too long. Forgiveness, though, is the, is the only way for healing to happen after hurt. It doesn't always mean you forget, but it means you cease and desist from getting even, holding grudges, and bottling it up inside. Forgiveness means you and I resign as judge and jury of those who wrong us or hurt us, and, and sometimes from even judging ourselves. Because, you know, we can be really hard on ourselves. Why can we stop doing this? Because we are rich. We have redemption through Jesus' blood, the forgiveness of our too numerous to number debts and transgressions against God according to the riches of Christ's love and grace to us. Matthew records Jesus saying, Blessed are the peacemakers. Yeah. You won't find him saying, Blessed are the peace fakers or Blessed are the peace breakers. No, blessed are the peacemakers. To be a peacemaking Christian means passing on the forgiveness that we've gotten from Christ to others who've wronged us and disappointed us and so on. And let's be honest, if we wait until we feel like forgiving, man, it might, ne it might not ever happen. And that's dangerous to our eternal life. It, it puts it in jeopardy. Forgiveness isn't a feeling anyways. It's a reality made possible by Jesus' death and resurrection for you. Several years ago, some kids were playing under a Union Pacific Railroad underpass near Evanston, Wyoming. Must be fun to be a kid in Wyoming, huh? <laughs> Play under railroad underpasses? Well, that isn't until you find a dead body there. Turns out the body these kids discovered was a long, lost relative of New York billionaire Huggett Clark, another one of these eccentric billionaire heiresses like Hetty Green I mentioned at the beginning. Anyway, this body was Timothy Gray, and he died unaware that he was entitled to a nice percentage of Clark's mining fortune, which would have made him comfortably rich. How often do we miss out on gospel fortunes, huh? How often do we find ourselves saying, poor me this, poor me that, why do I keep looking back? We shouldn't. We don't have to. There's a better way. Instead, we're looking to a person, the one who makes us and others very rich in every way, Jesus Christ. So take time this week during this, uh, this last week of Advent. You know, it's hard to believe it's already here. But take time to give thanks for the richness, richness that we have in Jesus Christ, in his forgiveness to us, and to show Gratitude 
by sharing that forgiveness with others. What a thankful way to wait for Christmas. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.